The editor of Ukrainian Freedom News is Joseph Lindsley, and we check in with him live at about this time every morning. Joseph, I can't tell you how happy we are here that you were uh, recognized by Chicago Sun-Times columnist Neil Steinberg in that piece that's in the Sun-Times today. Your reporting deserves uh, rewards and recognition, and uh, we really appreciate what you do here every morning. Let me just uh, quote my favorite line from Steinberg. Sometimes peace today. Lindsley has provided something rare in our world of corporate and automated radio, regular, real humanity. That's what you do here, Joe. Way to <laughs> well, go. Bob, uh, I was, yeah, thank you for, for sharing that. And uh, thank you to, uh, to Mr. Steinberg for that, that, uh, the great column. And sometimes, which I'll also tribute to, I mean, everything your team has done here as well. And I really liked his line. He said, I admire how the station's traditional Pie cooling on a sill neighborliness is wedded <laughs> to international crisis, and uh, uh, so I, I, I'm grateful for the uh, uh, you know for the chance to you know often we have to discuss very heavy uh, I mean the whole topic is is inherently uh, difficult and challenging, but to be able to have the sense of humor and the storytelling uh, in this time uh, I, I think I hope I, well I think it, it shows that, that we have that the audience is so loyal and faithful and I think it, together. Uh, we've been we've, well, we've been together every step of the way since for almost one full year now. Yeah, hard to believe, uh, but but true. And we certainly appreciate your reports. I want to ask you today about uh, what I've been reading about China. Is, is it possible that a setback in Ukraine uh, that that could uh, lead to a weakened Russia is something China just does not want to see, and that might lead them to be a little more involved in a possible uh, negotiation for peace? I mean, Bob, this is hard. I mean, this has been a question since the very beginning, since since one year ago. Uh, you know, there, there's a couple of different angles we have to look at. One is Taiwan. Uh, Taiwan and Ukraine are in such similar circumstances. Free countries, free societies with a neighbor who wants them to be extinguished. Uh, and often, you know, in Taiwan and China, there's a common language. Uh, many people in eastern Ukraine speak Russian. Uh, and so there, there are there's a lot of parallels between these two situations. Many people thought that China has been watching to see how this war would go for Russia before they figured out what to do with Taiwan uh, on one level. On the other level, the Chinese economy, you know, really does uh, require, uh, you know, interdependence, uh, you know, selling goods to, to the entire world. Uh, and w- what do the Chinese have to gain from uh, fr- from getting into uh, an awful war? Uh, mm-hmm. So a lot of people have thought that the Chinese have, you know, tr- try to counsel some caution here. Uh Russia is thought, you know, needs China as an ally. I mean, Russia doesn't have many allies today. Uh, there's new rumors and fears that maybe China has been or will be uh, providing uh, weapons uh, to, to Russia. And I think it's, it's the tactic of Moscow, but it's definitely the tactic of Beijing uh, to keep people guessing. You know, everything's a chess game and they want the world to be afraid and at their beck and call. But what we do have is two totalitarian regimes uh, who... Uh, they don't believe in freedom. Uh, we saw the Chinese people, I'm sorry, not the Chinese people, the Chinese government took away the freedom of the people of Hong Kong uh, uh, during the pandemic, uh, the Muslim Uyghur people. And this is the, sort of the same story. And I think if you look at in the 1970s, uh, United States uh, used to recognize Taiwan. Um, and then they, under Henry Kissinger, when he was Secretary of State, they switched to uh, recognizing the Communist Party in Beijing as sort of the legitimate China. And 
maybe what we see now is what happens if you pander to tyrants and dictators. Uh, and again, this goes back to Zelensky's speech in London. You know, let, let's use this moment to truly stand up to tyranny. Um, but this, that is a heavy question now. I mean, today, February 22nd, uh, two days from now will be the one-year anniversary of Ru- Russia's full-scale invasion. Uh, there, there's a lot of concerns about, you know, what, what, how Russia might be maneuvering. Uh, in fact, here in Kharkiv, um, just a couple hours ago, we had, I think it was five missiles uh, hit the city. It was kind of a sleepless night, uh, many air alarms. Everyone is expecting something new. Uh, I had just left the coffee shop. I was, I was, I was about to give a, a virtual class to a group of American Jewish students uh, in, in Jerusalem. Uh, to talk about the war. And right before that, I'm walking with my cup of coffee back into the hotel when that first thud, uh, that first S-300 missile arrived uh, in the center of Kharkiv, and then four more followed. Uh, and, you know, all of these are, there's a sense that this is a prelude uh, to something nasty uh, that the Russians are cooking up. Scary stuff. And uh, in the wake of President Biden's uh, speech in, in Poland, is there a sense of, not enthusiasm, but a, a lift in the spirits of the people there, Joe? Yeah, I think that, especially his speech uh, in, in Kiev, I think that that did it all. That, that gave so much uh, encouragement to Ukrainians during what is, you know, inherently a difficult week, uh, this week of uh, not only the anniversary of the full-scale invasion, but nine years ago, for example, today, uh, the Ukrainian, uh, the Rada, the parliament, uh, during the, you know, you had hundreds of thousands of people in the streets. Uh, the numbers were growing. All different ages, Christian, Jewish, Muslim, every type of Ukrainian imaginable. And on, on, on this day, February 22nd, uh, the parliament voted unanimously to uh, oust President Yanukovych, who was a, a puppet of Putin. Uh, no one knew where the president was on that day. And so we have also the the, the, the memories of that revolution, uh, which gave Ukraine, you know, these the past, uh, you know, almost you know nine years of, of prosperity and freedom. Uh, and and the fact that President Biden recognized that during his speech, the fact that he visited one of the key sites of the revolution uh, gave a lot of encouragement to the Ukrainians. But now, the, you know, I mean, the, the thing is, you know, what kind of uh, actual support will that turn into uh, here in Kharkiv that is felt? I think very viscerally because, you know, again, 30 miles from Russia, uh, those missiles can arrive before the air alarm sounds and without long range weapons and also without really the permission of the United States, Ukraine cannot really attack Russian territory. So that, that leaves a place like Kharkiv a sitting duck. How can you ever win if you can never attack, you know, for, I mean, there are some secret operations here and there, but if you can never truly go on the offensive, how can you ever win? And there's hope. That, that this could change, um, you know, that Biden's visit here means that there will be a change in mentality. Uh, there was a nice moment, you know, it's really amazing, Bob, that President Biden took, in order to get to Kiev, he had to take a train, because you can't fly, it's too dangerous. Uh, and so the President of the United States, I think it's the first time that the President has been in a vehicle that is not, you know, uh, part of his entourage. He was in a Ukrainian train for a total of 20 hours round trip. Uh, which is extraordinary. I mean, I think only like maybe in the Queen's Land Rover, but never, you know, the president never leaves his vehicles. Um, and there's a picture of the president and his national security advisor in the special Ukrainian train car. There's an icon of the Virgin Mary above the door in the train car. It feels like you're in a Ukrainian living room and you had the most powerful man of the world uh, here. And I think, you know, that really is a sign of how the world is together in this. Uh, you know, it's such a contrast to you know, the, mm-hmm. the crazy ramblings of, of Putin uh, yesterday. Um, and so, yes, there, there, there's a lot of hope and energy, uh, but also trepidation. 
Mm, yeah, that was quite a quite a picture, and uh, quite a picture of Joseph Lindsley in the Sun Times today, Mister Eight by Ten Glossy. You can see what he looks like if you uh, check out Neil Steinberg's com, and also a, a big thank you to our production team and, and the engineers uh, all the way around who make these conversations possible. Until tomorrow, thank you, Joseph. Yeah, save a copy. I want to see that, Bob. Thanks, and thanks to Haley <laughs> Joe as well. You, you got it.